0: going on, everybody? This is Cole Haight coming at you live from Eastern Pennsylvania, another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast, the week nine recap episode, uh, followed by the Monday Night Football Best Bet Picks, which I will give you at the end of the podcast. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Uh, We're back to work. We're back to the daily grind uh, coming at you Monday, about a little before 4 p.m. is when I'm recording this. But hope all your teams won this week. Uh, Very good week for football. A lot of upsets this week. Uh, Very interesting enough. However, uh, my bets went pretty well this week. So out of the 12 games, not counting the Monday night football game, which obviously did not happen yet, Uh, 8-for-12 against the spread, Uh, so 1-8, lost 4, not too bad, Uh, and then over-under struggled a bit, uh, 1-5, lost 7. Uh, unfortunately, the EK parlay uh, of 6, 2-3 uh, and three currently on that, although it did look good early. Uh, not going to win that, and does not matter what happens with the Monday Night Football game, which I cl- have the over of 39, and it was locked in. Unfortunately, funny thing about a parlay, got to hit them all, did not hit them all. So unfortunately, we didn't win the big money this week, but we're looking good against the spread. So we're getting closer to 500, struggled at the beginning of the year. Uh, went back and took a look at the, I don't have the exact numbers, but I went back a few weeks since I've been doing everything against the spread, all games, and then everything with the over-unders as well. Uh, not anywhere close in the over-unders, closer with games against the spread. So hopefully, second half of the season, we're going to get it right, and we're going to win some money, not only just for us, uh, possibly everyone out there. So we're all going to win some money. So let's start the week nine recap with the Browns shellacking. The Bengals, 41-16. to The first drive set the tone for this football game. Bengals got the ball driving down the field. Joe Burrow looks good. They're getting some help from Joe Mixon in the run game. Uh, 99-yard interception return by Denzel Ward set the tone for this game. After that, the Bengals' offense did not look the same. Uh, They could not get anything going on the ground which has been a problem for them honestly the past few weeks even though they've been able to be relatively efficient in terms of uh passing but the running the football has been a bit of a struggle the last few weeks and honestly baker did pretty well in this football game to not only play efficient but also to play during all these distractions you have uh, his injury and whether he should be playing or not. You have the Odell Beckham situation, in which case he's been interviewed a bunch of times by a lot of of media about the the Odell situation and how he feels about it, what he wants to say to him, if they've talked. It's just a lot of stuff to go through, and as a as a signature quarterback in the NFL, sometimes that stuff does get to you, and he did play very well in this football game hit Donovan Peoples Jones on a really long TD pass uh, and Nick Chubb came back to true form in this game and carried them 14 carries 137 yards and a couple touchdowns does not ever hurt your football team so they, they look good now I'm not so concerned with the Browns because we know what they are I'm more concerned with like what is the Bengals future right now I really don't know, and their defense has played a little bit subpar due to you're comparing it, or not you, but everyone is comparing the the defense and how they performed the first the first six weeks, which was over what anyone ever expected. So now when they come back to earth a bit, now everybody's going to overreact to it. I'm not one of those people. I know that the team was outperforming what their their skill status is in the nfl so they came back to earth a little bit in this game i think they caught were caught off guard it, it was it was a bad thing to see and i know a lot of Bengals fans out there uh probably not the thing you want to hear uh but this is what your football team is That this is what it is and and joe burrow has played amazing and his development should give every Bengals fan out there a uh, a lot of ease in terms of your mindset moving forward with your football team because now you guys just need to make adjustments in the back end of the secondary and, and and still on the offensive line. So the Bengals will be okay. I know they've dropped into that huge middle of the pack of the AFC at 5-4 and four, but the Bengals will be okay this season and I think that they turn the ship around a bit. Uh, but don't be surprised if they have a few stinkers along the way. Next uh, and the the craziest game that I thought of while watching my phone update uh, for the one o'clock games, even so, uh, the Broncos beat the Cowboys thirty to sixteen. That score is a bit inflated. It was thirty to nothing, and the Cowboys scored two garbage time touchdowns. I think one with eight minutes left in the fourth, and one with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, I was surprised. I kept checking my phone to see the Cowboys make that a game. First, it was nine nothing. Then it was 17 nothing. Then it was 26 nothing. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they, is this, is this serious? I, I, I was confused, theoretically, actually confused as to I didn't expect that to happen, but the Dallas Cowboys definitely had a stinker. Now, did Denver control the game or did Dallas struggle? And what side of the teeter totter are you on? So, for me personally, Dallas struggled enough and Denver played the way they should on defense. I talked about Denver's defense last week in the preview episode as well as the injury updates uh, because we talked a lot about Jerry Judy going in this game, which that was a bad take, which I apologize for if anybody started him in fantasy, but uh, the, the Broncos did enough to win. And honestly, the, the run game for the Denver Broncos acted like the run game that everyone expected from the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys couldn't get it going on the ground. Dak comes back off that injury, his first start back. There was a little bit of rust there. You could clearly see it. I went back, watched a little bit of it on game pass. It's it, it, he, he was rusty. The wide receivers weren't helping him out and he couldn't get the run game going to get the play action shots that he's known for down the field. He couldn't get any of them. So he struggled and, and their defense struggled in this game. Trayvon Diggs burnt on multiple plays, one for a big touchdown to Tim Patrick, but, but but what I really want to talk about, which I know it's not the first time we've talked about it, but look at Teddy Bridgewater go. Teddy Bridgewater over 500 record everywhere he's been except for the Carolina Panthers who had a piss poor team and he was expected to do things that he shouldn't have done. But he's the best 500 or at least better than 500 quarterback out there that you would consider a backup on most teams. Teddy can start. Teddy can start and Teddy can win. But he doesn't have the skill set that a lot of teams are looking for to be their franchise quarterback, which is why he's bounced around as much as he has. 17 and 11 record with with the Vikings that he took took us deep into the playoffs, Blair Walsh ruined it in 2015. But and he goes to the Saints, fills in, goes five and one for a good team. Does what he needs to do, and now he's with Denver, minus that Carolina season where he went four and eleven. He's with Denver at a five and four record, and he's got them contending in the AFC, right in the middle of the pack. It's it's incredible. It's incredible to to watch because you don't nobody expected Dallas to have that type of stinker. And I picked the Broncos plus 10, and I probably should have took the Cowboys. I should have took the Broncos minus 10 because I still would have won. So I didn't expect that much of a stinker from the Cowboys. They shouldn't be concerned. They're up by four games in that division. So I wouldn't be concerned as a Cowboys fan. Dak's got to get his his legs back, like literally. Literally and figuratively, he needs to get his legs back. And he didn't get help from anything. He didn't get help from his defense. He didn't get help from his run game. And it's unfair to put him in that spot and expect him to put up 30-plus on his own coming back off an injury. Next, the worst game of the week. The Miami Dolphins defeated the Texans 17-9. to The Texans scored 9 points, and there were 9 turnovers in this game. 5 interceptions and 4 fumbles lost between the two teams. Tyrod Taylor, known for being a Teddy Bridgewater-like quarterback, uh, with not turning the football over and being secure in leading an offense, had three picks of his own, didn't look like he was ready to come off that hamstring, They, they just were sick of seeing Davis Mills throw the football, honestly, and I don't think that Tyrod Taylor was ready, I don't think he was ready to come back, yet they needed him to. Uh, That Texans organization is a joke. I have no idea what their goal is, their end goal. I have no idea. I can't even think or fathom a plan that would warrant the uh, options of things that they've done with this football team, especially the the offseason up until this point. It makes literally no sense. Literally no sense. And no wonder Deshaun Watson wanted to leave. No wonder. Now, I'm, I'm not defending Deshaun Watson. This man's got a lot of issues. Uh, most of them non-football related, but no wonder he wants to leave and doesn't want to stay there. That team's a joke. I have no idea. What I would love to sit down with their upper management and be like, yo, what are you guys doing? Like, what what are you doing? I'm confused. Uh, but once again, the uh, last thing about this game, and we can move on, is continuously watching Miami Dolphins games go successful for them, regardless of who they're playing, without Tua playing. Last year it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Coming in the games, winning games. Now it's Jacoby Brissett playing in a game. They get more success from the run game. Jacoby Brissett officially wins them the football game. Now his, stat- his statistics weren't good. His stats weren't the best. But he won them the game. And that's something that Tua can't be doing this year. Or he's not doing this year because they were 1-7 going into it. All right, enough of that. On to the next game. The Falcons defeat the Saints 27 to 25 on a on a late field goal. Matt Ryan gets the W here, and one of my better calls uh, of the of the preview segment is uh, Cordero Patterson was going to make a difference. Now he didn't do it on the ground; only had nine carries for 10 yards, uh, but he had six for 126 through the air and a big 59-yard catch. A- a- Cordero Patterson, great player. Uh, has been extremely underrated his whole career. The Vikings didn't use him right. He hasn't been used in the receiving game to his, his own avail, I should say. Made a lot of mistakes in the receiving game coming out of college. Uh, basically reverted to becoming a just special teams type player, whether that be a gunner on the punt team or a kick returner returning kicks or returning punts. Uh, But nobody really trusted him as enough as they should have at the wide receiver position. I watched the beginning of his career in Minnesota. He dropped a lot of passes. They lost faith in him, never put him back out there. Some of it unfair, some of it not. But I'm glad he's making a difference because I like him as a player. Actually, he came out uh, via the media. I actually saw this clip not not too long ago. I think it was yesterday I actually saw the clip. But... um, saying that he can obviously play three positions if his mother growing up could work three jobs to support him. Great statement from a player uh, that you don't really hear a lot of. You hear a lot of players bitching and complaining, uh, pardon my French, but you, you hear a lot of complaints, and you're making millions of dollars. So uh, sometimes uh, bring yourself back down to earth a little bit, and I, I appreciate that from Cordero Patterson. Uh, the last thing, uh, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill debate, I I don't know. Taysom Hill lost the outright job to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston gets hurt. You would expect Taysom Hill to get that job. Now Trevor Simeon gets that job clearly, and Taysom Hill throws two passes and has a few rushes in this game. Clearly not good enough to get the starting job, uh, nor is the team actually probably trust him enough, to be quite frank, but it's just interesting. It's interesting to look at because they know that if they start him, and I know I've said that before, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but if if they start him at quarterback, you lose every gadget play that you would have with him because now it's no longer a gadget play and he's now the starting quarterback. So, yeah, if you bring in another quarterback, if someone's going to know, they're going to be onto it. It's going to be blatantly obvious. So let's see what happens moving forward with the Saints, but big win by the Falcons here big win, NFC uh just like the AFC is lumped uh towards that bottom of the 7th seed type area uh for the playoffs. Right now uh team locked in in the NFC has the the 7th spot at four wins. Uh, in the AFC, I think it's five wins, but still there's a there's two big lumps. Uh and the, the NFC's a little bit more it's a little bit more spread out than the AFC, but both we' we'll see soon because it usually makes its makes its headway in both conferences people start to break away or you start to see exactly how it's going to go somewhere around Thanksgiving so we're pretty we're pretty close we're pretty close to seeing how these teams are going to shake out if teams are going to take a dive or if they're going to go straight up the up the ladder uh and what we're going to see that relatively soon next game the Giants beat the Raiders 23 to 16. The Giants defense has impressed me the last few weeks against the Chiefs looked very good against Patrick Mahomes, who granted has been struggling, but also a great outing for them. Uh, In which case they've, that defense has given up a lot of yards in the first, at least the first half, the first half of the half. So the first quarter of the season versus the second quarter of the season. Uh, But the defense has been playing better. I want to apologize once again, Uh, I made a, a lot of hot takes for players that I thought would take off this week Uh, Most of them did not. Uh, The worst one being Brian Edwards for the Raiders. I thought without Henry Ruggs and them not signing someone as a replacement, Darren Waller coming back didn't look like he was 100%, although in this game, I mean, it didn't look like he was 100% before the game started leading up to. He did have the most targets, the most catches, the most yards, and Brian Edwards had four targets and no catches in this game. Basically non-existent, so... Uh, if anybody started him, I completely apologize for that. Uh, but we talked about it a little bit before. like The Raiders' position in the AFC West versus the Giants' position in the NFC East, it proves really how different a lot of these divisions are going right now. Uh, the NFC East, similar to my Minnesota Vikings, NFC North, where you have one team up top and the rest of them just trying to figure out how to stay above water. Uh, but but the AFC West no team is below 500 every team is above 500. it's very interesting how this is going a half game between the leaders and the the losers but it's it's very interesting how the AFC West is planned out now I did mention this a long time ago uh, before the season even started where I saw that there was potential for the AFC West to be a lot closer than a lot of people thought. I didn't see it going this way for these teams specifically, but it's not surprising to me based on what I've what I've seen and what I know as capable of these teams. The Raiders and the Chargers are no joke, and Teddy Bridgewater is going to do enough to be at least decent. Patrick Mahomes continues to struggle, but they're still winning football games. The W's is what matters, and that gains him more time he can continuously struggle and get the help that he's getting on that with that from that defense. The, the AFC West is blown up, and we're gonna see real soon who's gonna take control of it and who's gonna slide to the bottom. Next on the list, the Patriots beat the Panthers twenty-four to six. Another Sam Darnold debacle this week. This team literally just picked up his fifth-year option and owe him nineteen million dollars next year they probably feel like that is the worst decision of their life. It seems like a disaster in Carolina. Christian McCaffrey comes back, doesn't re- isn't really able to do much although he's on a pitch count. It, it is oh. And as much as much as I want to say I don't trust New England as a team, I feel like I have to. Got a New England Patriots fan at work. Uh Josh Shout out to Josh. Uh, he said today that the, the Patriots look good as to contend in the AFC. I can't disagree with him. I, I, I can't. I can't disagree with him. A lot of the AFC teams this week either struggled or lost. It, they're five and four. I, I, they look good. Mac Jones, the game manager, he, he's doing enough but he benefits from being on New England. If Mac Jones is on the Minnesota Vikings, his, the beginning of development of his career is destroyed. If he plays for any other team, almost any other team, Mac Jones' development is not as good as people would think. Or uh, not as good as it is right now, is what I should say. Moving on, the Chargers beat the Eagles 27-24. to 24 if if i flip back and forth between the vikings game that was also on so this was a 405 game but the thing is is like you want to watch i want to see i i don't like the eagles i'm not an eagles fan nor have i ever been uh, my uncle kind of ruined that for me he's kind of abrasive so just, it just really doesn't make any sense but they're trying to run a college offense so that Jalen Hurts doesn't look that bad? And I'm just trying to understand why. You're not helping his development, and you're not helping your football team, so why are you doing it? They're running the ball way more often. I think he threw 17 passes the whole game. You got Justin Herbert on the other side. He went 32 of 38 for over 300 yards, and you're still in this football game because your defense kept you in it. You got to see what Jalen Hurts can do in a pro-style offense. They've been babying his development or babying him from learning new things since he became the starting quarterback for the Eagles. He doesn't throw the ball that often, and when he does, he struggles. He he doesn't sit in the pocket. He only rolls to the right. He barely ever rolls to the left. So when he rolls to the left, they know that it's either going to be incomplete, and by that I mean the other team, incomplete or he's going to try and run, which uh, via his legs is he's a pretty good quarterback so i'm not I'm not saying he's terrible but they're not helping his development by play like having these play calls that are basically just keying into the things that he's decent at versus testing him to see if he's actually the the quarterback for the rest of your for the rest of the Eagles at least tenure like are you gonna have him for five years are you gonna have him for three years are you gonna try and trade him this year are you going to have him for more than five years? There's a lot of a lot of branches, a little forks in the road you can take as a Philadelphia Eagles player, as a fan, and as an overall team. Like, what is going to happen? What do you want? And you're never going to know if you don't make him do it. He's got to sit back in the pocket and throw the football. He found four different receivers in this whole game. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and a running back. And one negative six yard pass to Jalen Rager, so like what he's, he completed eleven passes in a whole football game. That's a problem. And yes, their their run game was semi successful, but it wasn't that it wasn't successful enough to not throw the football against a team that they could have beaten. That was way be, considered way better than them. All right, off of that. Although, one final, one final comment. I love seeing Devontae Smith more involved in this because I have him in fantasy. And if anybody else has him in fantasy, he has been hit or miss all season and mostly miss, if, if you're asking me. So good to see from him, the the production, as well as I have Keenan Allen, as well as on, on the flip side of that, 12 catches for 104. Typical Keenan Allen with no touchdowns, but still, still good. Next on the list, the Chiefs beat the Packers 13-7. to Listen, I took the Chiefs minus the points. I will never do that again. I, for the rest of the season, I will not take the Chiefs minus any points. It won't happen. I'm sick of losing. But I was right in the under because I knew that these, these teams were not where they needed to be. Uh, and it's a little bit unfair for the Packers because there's a lot of Jordan Love hate going around. The, via the internet, via podcast, everything that I've seen in the NFL. A lot of people are hating on Jordan Love. Listen, it's not easy coming in, starting in an NFL game against a team that is probably the team that gets gives the most pressure on defense or more, most pressure looks. He doesn't practice with the first team all the time. They don't have that chemistry. You saw a lot of passes, and I watched – a. Uh, At least half of that football game. At least the first half. And watching Jordan Love, I saw him know where he wanted to throw the ball and it didn't go there. Devontae Adams has a little bit of separation. Just didn't throw it in the right spot. He knows where he wants to go. He just doesn't have that chemistry with that player. Does he want it high and outside? Does he want it low and inside? Where's the defender? He's just not up to speed the way Aaron Rodgers would be up to speed. It was... His receivers being open enough for Rodgers but not open enough for Jordan Love. I wouldn't overreact if I was a Green Bay Packers. He's not that bad. Now, you did waste a – not waste. You used a first-round pick on him. He's not first-round talent. So, yes, you could say that, and I would 100% back you up on that, uh, that you may have wasted a first-round pick on him because his development hasn't been that – but look, look what he's dealing with. You have all the Rodgers stuff going on. You don't know what they're going to do with Rodgers. He's going to want an extension soon because it's going to come up on his fifth year. This is his third year in the league, I believe. So he's going to want an extension soon. Now, what do you do with that? You never you never even saw him play but one game in the NFL, which Rodgers should be back next week. So what do you do? Do you unload him? And then you unload him, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers either – either leaves the team in a year or two or starts to decline again and now you have to start the whole process over green bay's in a bind in terms of that but let's go to the flip side with the chiefs how long in this offense struggle because i listen i've been looking and i don't know how they're doing it the green bay packers defense i don't know how they're doing it but they're playing well Mahomes looked lost in that football game 20 20 completions for less than 170 yards. It's hard to watch. And and I've watched a lot of successful Chiefs games, and I'm not even a Chiefs fan per per se. I'm a Vikings fan. You can only be a fan of one team, actually, or you're a fan of no team is what my belief in it is. But I like watching them play. One of my best friends is is obviously a Chiefs fan. I've mentioned it multiple times, but I've never seen this offense struggle as much. And you know what could solve it? His number one, run the football more and effectively. You saw a lot from Derek Gore. You have something in Daryl Williams. Run the football more. Get these two deep safety looks that you're getting on a constant basis and, and do something to change it. They're going to keep sitting back and making him throw. Or Mahomes needs to run it, which I don't advise him doing. Because if he, continue, if he tries to run the ball, similar to Lamar Jackson, 10 to 12 times a game or Jalen Hurts, he's going to get hurt. And then they're going to be screwed. So they need to figure out what's going on. But from from a defensive aspect, the Chiefs the last few weeks, their defense has outperformed anything. They were the worst defense in the league for the first six weeks. The last three weeks, they've played extremely well. Now, granted, some of the offenses they played against weren't that good, but it's steps. They're going going step-by-step in the right direction. The Chiefs' defense looks a a hell of a lot better. It's like a different team compared to the beginning of the season where they're giving up at least 30 a game and struggling on offense as well. At least Mahomes knows that his defense might be able to bail him out if he has a subpar game, which will uh, eventually gain him the confidence to take more shots down the field. Which is what they continuously need to do. Next on the list, the Cardinals beat the 49ers thirty-one to seventeen. Is this a James a James Connor retry year? He looks great this season. I didn't want it. I didn't want any part of him in any fantasy draft. Although a lot of people took him early, I'm like, why? They have Chase Edmonds. They're they're going to split carries uh, now. Unfortunately, Chase Edmonds was dinged up in this game, but. Uh, There were a lot of Cardinals not playing. DeAndre Hopkins out with a hamstring. uh, Kyler Murray out with the the ankle replaced by Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy was the starting quarterback for the Cardinals in this football game. Unbelievable. A.J. Green out, which means the only person that they have at the wide receiver position that plays as a starter was Christian Kirk. J.J. Watt out. I just mentioned Edmonds left early in the first quarter, dinged up. So they were missing a lot of they were missing a lot of players yet they came out and absolutely took it to the 49ers who can for some reason not be able to play at home this season. They just can't. And I have no idea why. I literally have no idea. It's just one of those teams that just cannot win at home. They're similar and right now similar with the Vikings. They're in a similar situation where like I don't know why, but the team had so many high expectations at the beginning of the season and they're just not performing anywhere close to what people expected. Most of the blame uh and they're taking a lot of heat right now, the the 49ers organization, Jimmy G's getting a decent amount of it, but Kyle Shanahan's getting all the rest. It it, it makes no sense. You're you went out and drafted two corners that haven't played the whole season. And you're relying on old Josh Norman and Dre Kirkpatrick to carry your – and they're getting absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree every week by every team. Every team's top two wide receivers, they're getting smoked, just lit up on routes. They're committing stupid penalties. Uh, Josh Norman's always been a hothead, so the fact that he had a, daunt, a, ta- a big taunting penalty this week on a third and long, it does not surprise me. He's been a bum for a few years now. I don't know why he's starting, but Kyle Shanahan's one of those coaches where he has the say. He was the reason they drafted these players. He makes the play calls. He is calling the shots, whereas he almost has more power than John Lynch at GM. He basically does, and he should be on the hot seat then if his team's not performing that way. They punted inside Arizona territory by, they were down by three scores. They punted inside the Arizona 40-yard line. What? I don't care how big it is. Is it Unless it's fourth and 47, I would go for it. Or at least try and kick a field goal. It's a three-score game with less than seven minutes left. What are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Your defense has played terrible against Colt McCoy for three and a half quarters. What are you doing? It makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? The next game we're about to go over. The Jaguars beat the Bills 9-6. to What? I have no idea where this came from. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense looked like the 1985 Bears in this game. I have no idea how. Everything trending on social media right now is Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. If none of you have seen this, you need to look it up. There's some hilarious memes out there right now. Some hilarious memes. Josh Allen, one of the pass rushers for the Jacksonville Jaguars, versus Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. Josh Allen recovered a fumble off of Josh Allen. And Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen for the first time in NFL history. Now, granted, that was a bit of a tongue twister. and might have been a little hard to follow. But Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, struggled in this game. Similar to his rookie year early in his rookie year two interceptions one fumble loss took four sacks i don't i don't even know where to start with this book this is like an anomaly of a football game jacksonville let's just so the bills had a stinker that's what i'm i'm gonna say they had a stinker they haven't been able to run the football all year their their receivers have struggled josh allen hasn't looked amazing at the quarterback position for the bills all year hasn't looked amazing. Has been doing enough, and their defense did enough in this game as well. Just unfortunately didn't come out on top. What is the Jacksonville Jaguars as a team? What are they? The defense decides when they want to show up. They have good games every once in a while. Trevor Lawrence, uh, CJ, CJ Beathard came into this game and threw two passes for 33 yards. He had less than he, he had less than 20 completions for less than 120 yards in this game. They can't get the wide receivers involved. LaVisca Chennault, talent wasted. Marvin Jones Jr., talent wasted. I, I just don't. The Jags have two wins. I, I'm I'm at a loss for words talking about this football game because I don't know. I didn't see much from it. Didn't go through the game pass. Didn't see a lot of highlights. There weren't that many. It was a 6-6 game for two and a half quarters. I didn't see much. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Let's see what happens with Jacksonville next week, and let's see if the Bills can stay in that, in that tier of teams that are vying for a Super Bowl appearance. Next on the list, the Sunday night football game. The Titans beat the Rams 28-16. to If you guys can't hear me, I'm going to do this quick. That's a bravo clap for me. I said it was a trap game. I knew it was a trap game. I called it. I was 100% right. I was not right on the over-under, but you can't win them all. But I knew that this was going to be a trap game now. One thing I really want to bring up is Ryan Tannehill MVP odds. And now you're like, everyone out there is going to be like, what do you mean Ryan Tannehill for MVP? Look at his stats. Look what he's doing. Listen, just just give me a minute to try and explain myself here. So right now his MVP odds are over 30-1. to Now, it depends on where you're at. That's on DraftKings. It's changed. It's moving around a little bit. But think about what happens when the Titans go deep into the playoffs, possibly get to a Super Bowl. Derrick Henry's been hurt. Sorry, Derrick Henry would have been hurt at this time. He's going to miss the rest of the season, could possibly, possibly make a comeback for the playoffs. Not very likely considering – Three people I know of have had this exact injury and have ruined their careers based on coming back too early from this Jones fracture in his foot, Dez Bryant being one of them. So they want they want to make sure that he's 100% good to go before they rush him back. And the only way they would rush him back is if he they go deep into the playoffs, possibly Like, I don't see him coming back anywhere before the AFC Championship game. Like, none of that is worth it. Now, if you get to that game, maybe they said it's a six to 10 week recovery, depending on how the rehab goes and if there's any setbacks. We don't know if there's going to be any, nor so projecting this is almost impossible. But who is going to get the credit if they get to an AFC Championship game without Derrick Henry? Ryan Tannehill. So it's not a bad bet to make if if you guys are feeling ballsy and want to go out and make a bet. If it's 32 to 1 odds, I mean, you put 5 bucks on it, you went over 150 bucks. So it's whatever. However you feel, I, I'm not going to give you gambling advice, although I do give gambling advice on this podcast. So I'm not going to recommend you do so. So take that into consideration. Uh, but it's not a bad bet. I'm I would consider making it. Uh, but I want to see a little bit more before I start doing that. And if I have to see a little bit more, the odds are going to go down. So it's devil's advocate at that point. This is the first Matt Stafford game we saw that was a struggle. Had a really bad pass uh, in the grass, throws it up in the middle of the field, picked off. Similar to Carson Wentz a few weeks ago. Not against the Jets, but the week before. Oh, actually, it was against the Titans. Ironically enough, Carson Wentz, that weird left-handed shovel or right-handed shovel pass, and he threw a pick at the two-yard line. They, they, they did, He did it again. Stafford looked uncomfortable in this game. Another defense that's outperformed a lot of standards that people have set for them uh, is the Tennessee Titans. Five sacks in this game, very impressive. Two interceptions of Matt Stafford. They look good. Now, the one thing I, I want to bring up, and, and this is going to be huge for them moving forward, especially the Titans. They could not figure out how to run the football without Derrick Henry. Adrian Peterson, 10 carries, 21 yards, did have a late touchdown, uh, but it was a one-yard TD or inside the five. I'm not sure exactly, but I know it was a short one. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, he's not big enough to run the ball. So you're, he's going to get a few, similar to like a Naheem Hines, Jerick McKinnon-type running back. And then Dante Foreman, who looked okay, but only had seven carries for a little over 28 yards, uh, maybe over 30. But it wasn't much. So they need to figure out how to run the ball without Henry. Whatever that combination is, they need to figure it out, and they need to do it quick. Because if they do it quick, Ryan Tannehill can be the MVP quarterback that they need him to be. And, and if they put it in his hands from the shotgun, they will struggle. Ryan Tannehill not good from the shotgun. I've went over that multiple times on this podcast, probably in the mo- in recent weeks. But he he cannot throw out of the shotgun, and on a regular basis, he need it needs to be not that many passes, not that many shotgun throws that are deep, and he needs to be involved in in play action. It, 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 AJ Brown possibly Julio Jones if he can stay healthy enough. And those tight ends need to be available for the play-action threat. And you need to be able to run the ball or the play-action threat is nothing. That brings me to the final game. Always the Vikings game. The Ravens defeat the Vikings 34-31 to in overtime. Somebody needs to get fired. This is ridiculous. Vikings lose a lot of players in this game and that have currently been out. Defense comes out. They play good to start the football game, uh, but they were on the field too long. 71 plays on the field. A lot of big quick hit hit touchdowns uh, led. Basically, the way they played defense was great, uh, but also to their own demise, letting a lot of four down first downs. They they converted multiple. The Ravens, I mean, converted multiple fourth downs for, for first downs. Lamar Jackson couldn't figure it out to start the game. Went all got off to a hot start, seventeen to three at halftime. Sorry, seventeen to ten at halftime. Come out second half. Kenny Nawangwu, the the standout from Ohio State, technically fastest player in the NFL. We drafted him last year, I believe, in the fifth round out of Iowa State. Running back uh, returns the kick for a touchdown. Has also has a big play for a fake punt. I think it was fourth and four. A big nine-yard run to get us a first down when we needed it. Uh, but it comes back to the injuries. One of two things it comes back to. The injuries, Bashad Breeland gets banged up. Chris Boyd has to come in. I'm not a huge fan of Chris Boyd. Not a good corner. He's just not good enough. Uh, Michael Pierce, once again, can't go with the elbow issue. We're missing that big presence in the middle of the the defensive line. Harrison Smith gets put on the COVID list hours before the football game. Not sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, But then we have to bring in Cam Bynum, which was a former corner, uh, but turned into a safety who actually had a pick in this game, which was very impressive. So very impressive um, playing for Harrison Smith. Cam Bynum came out and played well. Uh, but uh, Garrett Bradbury, our cent- starting center out, uh, basically the the leader of the offensive line out. we got to have uh, somebody take his spot as well. And Patrick Peterson still missed uh, on IR, so he's not going to be able to come back until at least the Green Bay game, uh, which is two weeks away, not next week against the Chargers, but he's still out. So that was a huge issue. The defense was on the field too long. Uh, but it's still a play calling issue. Th- this is the biggest problem and I, I I I don't wanna I don't wanna get too negative on the soapbox trying to s- see the more positive light uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it, it's a play calling issue a- and the games themselves come down to something I've never seen before. Every game is a one score game for the Vikings through eight games. Uh, they are currently three and five. The only game that was not a one possession game technically was the win against the Seattle Seahawks, where we stopped them late in the game, which they had an opportunity to make it a one possession game, but stopped them inside the red zone. It's just a struggle to watch, and it's hard to watch now because as a fan, you get so you get super hyped. Like think about your football team, you get super hyped to watch your team, and and they come out to a big lead or they're down by a little bit and they get back into the game and it comes down to a final play, the Vikings just don't have the ability right now to figure out how to win these football games. They should have won week one. Adrian Peterson, look at me getting ahead of myself. Dalvin Cook uh, called fumble, not a fumble. We give up a big play. They kick a field goal. Bengals win the game. Week two, come out, play well against a Cardinals team that's been very good in retrospect, I guess. Uh, they weren't considered very good week two, but come out. We can't kick a field goal. Can't make a 37-yard field goal. And then you got other games. It's just, it's just too much. Uh, as a fan, the team's not as bad as the record is. Unfortunately, I have to say that because it's not only is it true, uh, I don't always agree with it. It's just one piece of this team that's awful right now, uh, and it's the play calling on offense. The play calling on defense, trying to get through injuries. The the, the defense has played well. They're top three in sacks, uh, top ten in turnovers. They're playing well. Uh, they're playing good enough, even with the absences of big-name players on defense. They're playing well. It, it It's too much to lose these, these close games. And, and someone's going to get fired for it. Now, honestly, if you're asking me personally, I think Zimmer Enkle, and Clint Kubiak both need to go. And before Kirk Cousins. So I think all three of them end up leaving uh and possibly RGM by the end of the season depending on how these games go coming down the stretch. Like I said, the NFC right now, the 7th position for the for the wild card is four wins. We have three wins. I'm not the the season's not over. Uh but it could be a lot better than it is right now. So I just don't see now. Now I don't blame the defense for giving up the yards to to Lamar Jackson. He ran the ball a lot. We 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 limited a lot of his big plays down the field, uh, which is a very impressive, honestly. And and he ran the ball effectively, but not crazy crazy. Uh, twenty one carries for one hundred and twenty yards. Uh, they, he did enough. Stuff breaks down. It's Lamar Jackson. He's basically Michael Vick, but right handed. So. I'm not too concerned there, but I don't y- – your defense is on the field for, for 71 plays. It's a lot of plays, and they were gassed in the second half. Uh, like I mentioned before, the quick hit touchdowns are good, uh, but it it keeps your defense on the field longer. And we come down, score a touchdown with a minute three left to, to Adam Thielen. Uh, you know if you're a Vikings t- player on that team – and you were or you work for that organization whether it be as a coach uh, or if you're even just a fan why not go for two make it a little less painful they come down we kick the extra point which Greg Joseph barely makes inside the left upright tied at 31 we, the ram uh, the the ravens get stopped we stop them at the 50 we let it go out goes into goes into ot they get the ball first, cruising down the field. Lamar Jackson tries to throw a screen left. Anthony Barr tips it to himself, picks it off. The offense stalls again. They get the ball back. Tucker gets into range. They kick the winning field goal. It's it's not, and and I'm not surprised. I've seen all these games this season, and I'm not I'm not an overly exuberant Vikings fan to the point where I'm going to lie to you and be like, oh, everything's okay. It's not. the The team has struggles the team's been struggling they have a lot of stuff that they're going to be looking at moving forward not only just for the rest of this season but after the season you got a lot of players on one-year contracts you got a lot of possible coaching changes what do we do at quarterback the quarterback we drafted in the draft hasn't been active for a single game this year but why is that why is sean manny in our backup quarterback he's terrible what is wrong with kellen mond what is his issue it's it's just, there's a lot of, and yes, the, the big play players that need to be there on offense will be there. Thielen under contract, Jefferson under contract, Cook under contract. Technically, Kirk Cousins under contract. What do you do from here? The offense doesn't seem to be the problem in terms of skills as players. It seems to be the play calling that's the problem. You have Dalvin Cook over 95 yards in the first quarter rushing. Why does he only have 110 yards total? He had 11 carries in the first quarter. And he has 21 carries for the whole game. It just it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, and it's angry. It, sorry, it makes me angry to watch because I know what this team is capable of, and as most of you fans out there. Listen, I get it. You know what your team's capable of. Miami Dolphins fans, you know what your team's capable of when you're when you your your skill players are 100% healthy and playing in football games. You know every team, every fan of every team can say this, except for maybe the Jaguars or te- or the Lions or what have you. Teams that are in ultimate rebuilding years or their their development as from their rookies has been subpar compared to going into the draft or after the draft. But most of you can say this, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. I, I love this football team, and I always will. But right now, they are struggling to win close football games. And based on the flip of a coin and one play here, one play there, this team could be six and two. Or if they lose all these games, they could be one and seven. So it. it it's just a lot of close games and i've never seen this ma- this many close games for as a vikings team in a long time. They get blown out a decent amount of games in a season. They haven't been blown out all season and against very good teams. Second hardest schedule in the league to green bay because green bay had to play kansas city which in retrospect is probably not the the not the the correct answer, but we got to play the chargers next week in la. All of our losses this season. Let's go through all of them. The Bengals, decent team. The Cardinals, decent team. We lost to the Ravens, decent team. Lost to the Browns, decent team. And lost to the Cowboys. Granted, with a backup quarterback, but those are all the those are top ten teams in the league right now, or at least top five in each of their, maybe top seven in each of their conferences. So I'm not, I'm not discouraged, but I'm starting to lose a little faith, if that makes sense. So that's enough for my Vikings game recap for this, this week. So let's go and let's move on to the Monday Night Football best bet part of the podcast. Like I always do, it's not going to involve the spread or the over-unders. You guys know that I picked the Bears plus the points, which is now seven, but was six when I did the preview segment. Uh, plus the over of 39 which probably has moved up since then but maybe not I haven't checked but let's do the let's do the player props for the Monday Night football best bet so anybody interested in watching Monday Night Football knows it's not going to be the best game uh, but it should be a decent game between the Bears and the Steelers um so here we go our best bets for Monday Night Football first one Justin Fields over 40 and a half rushing yards. The, the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers has been played very well this year, and they played well against more, run, more run-friendly quarterbacks as well. Uh, but I think that in, at a point in this game, Justin Fields is going to have to use his legs uh, because he's going to be running for his life based on how bad their offensive line is. And I think all he's got to do is break two of them, and I think he does that for, for more than 40.5 rushing yards. Next, Najee Harris on the flip side for the Steelers, over 20 and a half rushing attempts. He's at over 24 the last four games. So, and that's the lowest total. Most of them are above that. I think they run the ball and they try and run it down their throats. Big Ben has clearly not able to throw the ball down the field. So I think Najee Harris is going to get a decent amount of rushes uh, and a lot more in the first half than the second half, if that makes any sense. I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game than people think. So go with the over for uh, rushing attempts for Najee Harris of 20 and a half. Next, got to have a Big Ben prop in here. Big Ben over 22 and a half completions. If you guys haven't watched Big Ben the last few years, I should say the last two years, he throws everything over the middle, bubble screens, slants, quick outs. I don't see how he doesn't have 22.5 completions unless something implodes, which I'm hoping it doesn't. So uh, Deontay Harris is going to be involved over the middle. You, You got Najee Harris who averages four to five targets in the pass game. He gets those completed with Deontay Harris's average targets of close to 10. That's 15 right there, and he's not throwing the ball down the field, so a lot of these should be completed passes. Granted, they're not going to be for a lot of yards, but that's not what the bet is. It's for completions, so take the over for Big Ben of 22-and-a-half completions. Last one, I haven't really gotten involved with many special teams props, but I like this one, especially in this game. So Cairo Santos, the kicker for the Chicago Bears, over one and a half field goals made. I used to watch Cairo Santos – Chief, former chief, watched a lot of Chiefs game games in my last few years in the NFL. Uh, They were he was good. I like him as a field goal kicker, very accurate. I think that the Steelers defense halts them, halts the Bears on a lot of drives, so they're gonna they're gonna stumble. uh, And I think that Cairo Santos is gonna be able to kick outside, being that this is in Pittsburgh. So I know it's the hardest place to kick technically via PFF statistics. Uh, but Cairo Santos is a good kicker, and I trust him. I think he has more than two field goals. So go with the over, Cairo Santos, for a one and a half field goals made or more, which is the over. That will do it for the recap of Week 9. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, hope you guys and your teams won this week. A lot of upsets this week. A lot of upsets. Uh, via the spread, as well as just overall money line upsets. So there, we're probably going to see a lot more of that as the season goes on. Teams get tired. Teams underestimate other teams. So there's going to be a lot of that going around. Uh, just want to give a shout out real quick to everyone who uh, downloaded, listens to the podcast, uh, told anybody about the podcast. Uh, word of mouth, love it. Uh, if you know anybody who likes sports, think they would enjoy the podcast, shoot them my information. Um, and let them listen to the podcast available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and many more platforms. Wherever you guys listen to podcasts, give it a listen, give it a share, uh, tell people about it. Want to grow the podcast? Once again, like I always say, as much as I possibly can. I'm trying to be the next, the next big name. Hopefully, Colin Coward is get scared of me eventually for all these hot takes. Uh, but. I'll be back for you guys uh, with a new segment on Wednesday. Uh, get ready for that new segment. If you guys did not catch the background music in the last segment that I had, uh, it's going to be a new thing for anytime we do a new list, a new update, uh, a new segment, going to have some background music, and I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling into the background music and editing in terms of the podcast so I'm trying to get there so any comments that you like or dislike about the background music feel free to find me on Facebook uh, or leave a review with a comment in it on Apple or Google Podcasts uh, as well as my Facebook Uh, send me a direct message right on my wall anywhere on Facebook that's Cole Hate c-o-l-e-h-a-y-d-t once again thank you guys so much stay cool relax Stay positive. And until Wednesday, have a wonderful night and a wonderful midweek experience, whether that be at work or maybe you're off of work. Who knows? Maybe you work from home. I don't know. But until Wednesday, (laughs) later.